approaches of calming and, and wisdom, calm and discernment, should work um, in tandem. And so, quality of, uh, of discernment is to differentiate um, certain almost certain questions one asks oneself what's um, helpful what's skillful and what's unskillful so begin to have that question running what's what's helpful what's skillful what's unskillful in terms of conduct behavior uh, and so on mm-hmm. So it differentiates, and then having picked up what's skillful, one lingers in it, dwells in it, absorbs it, gets the feeling for it, uh, stays long in it, sustains it. This is the calming effect. And um, so in a way, wisdom brings things apart, and calming sticks things together. But you have a way in which you, out of this motley amalgam of experience that happens to us, we start to filter that. Uh, and then having filtered out what we find is impure or non- unnecessary even, not even, first of all, skillful might be in terms of virtue, then even, well, it's not appropriate right now. Or just not necessary right now. Uh, and then well, what is helpful, what is needed, what is, imp- what is valuable right now, yeah. uh, and then lingering in that, and dwelling in that, uh, getting the mind to dip into that, firm it up. This is samatha, calming. So in this way, you, it's like you, you have a rough, or you might say, and you cook it up in a crucible and you skim off the, the dross and you get the gold. And this image is used in the suttas. The wisdom. There's a certain you know, energy that's required to keep doing this inquiry. And then you skim off, that takes a certain sense of renunciation or relinquishment. And then what's left, you dwell in it and you enjoy it. You look upon it and you enjoy it. And this leads to calming, steadying. Mm-hmm. And with, with the mind, of course, the more you're steadying it, the more you're calming it, its sensitivity increases, it becomes uh, finer tuned, and you can detect subtler qualities of what's just putting a bit of stress here, trying to make it work, looking for the next thing. Uh, how do I become something more than this? So the doubt quality or the restlessness. How long do I stay with this for? You know, doubt, restlessness. You see, these are not necessary. They're not producing any skillful results. Discard. And this way you keep skimming off uh, directly unwholesome and then irrelevant or unnecessary or and mental attitudes that don't go anywhere useful, they just act as an encumbrance. And this is the ongoing process. Hmm. That, uh, on a, 
simplification, particularly in terms of uh, uh, finding out what's appropriate, uh, or is in terms of uh, of energy. So, just thinking about all this stuff is really okay, but it's just using up a lot of juice, losing up a lot of energy. Um, it's not go, it's not producing this sense of satisfaction and completion that it said it would. It doesn't take me to the place of completion. It just takes me to the next series of thoughts and speculations. So this is not going anywhere useful. That's wisdom to discern a process, to look at cause and results. Uh, it takes called insight wisdom, look at cause and results, and then discard what's unnecessary, linger, dwell in, be satisfied with, be contented with, let yourself be absorbed by. And this is samatam, steadying. In this way the mind is successfully purified of of, un, of unnecessary and then even certain habitual personality traits or traits that are really quite universal the wish to become something to aim for a future the wish for clarity to get it all figured out yeah um, we, though you can't you only go so far the verbals only go so far then they just they cannot do the work because we're dealing with something that goes beyond the sphere of reasoning it's intellectually frustrating but it's there is a sense in which finally one's one's mental energies can say just just quit <laughs> and rest and this is the whole quality of nibbana is the gradual movement towards the relinquishment successive relinquishment of mental drives, intentions. So you first of all you need those mental drives to keep doing that action of discerning, differentiating, selecting, choosing, mm, contemplating, and then increasingly that becomes less relevant, even get in the way. And when it comes to learning to linger, we have to find something the mind will happily linger in. And it won't linger in a thought, because a thought is not, has no, its energy of thought is quite flickering. just darts and darts and darts. It doesn't have a a nest in it. It's more like a darting uh, signal, right? You contemplate it energetically. And the jitta the mind will settle into a, into energy. It likes that. And here we have to be quite uh, discerning because it requires energy to be uh, settled, comfortable, because energy is actually very attractive, almost magnetic power to chitta, to the heart-mind. So we can get, it, we can get attracted to, to strong energies passing through our bodies or through our minds, the flaring up. They can pull us in. And uh, so the sense of discernment is to 
also, you know, discern what's helpful and what's not helpful in this respect. And the aim of samatha, calming, is to create something unifying and settling quality to energy. And for this, if we work within our bodies, the body experience, you begin to notice whether the left side is stronger or the right side is stronger, where you've got a lot of heat coming at the top of the body, or it feels quite wobbly in areas or shaky. And the theme is that you begin to sweep steadily from um, uh, a neutral place into uh, a place that seems over, over unbalanced and then move out again. So it's like he's sweeping, combing. So you might say you've got strong energy in your left side, then you start on your right side, you detect, you come over to the left side and back again. So you're beginning to, and you notice where is the edge of the difficult or the strong energy and you begin to get to that edge and just keep lengthening and extending your attention into the karma area. This way you're able to to get trapped energies, give them a, an exit or a route or a direction in which they can they can move. Whereas if you get fascinated by energy you tend to um, accentuate it. And this can not not necessarily helpful. Because uh, the qualities of mind, also it's its own energy. Intention is one, which is the drive, the wish, the push, which could be willful or subtle or gentle. And you find out what's useful. I would suggest you move towards the subtler qualities of inclination, wishing, accepting, trusting, receiving. These are all qualities of intention. And attention also has, a, has an energy to it. It tends to amplify what we give attention to. So if you give a lot of attention to a strong energy, it becomes stronger. And this then is a problem. Because you're looking for hot, something that, that is just comfortable. Now with attention, it's often the case that people assume that that to attend to something, you have to draw, go right up close to it, look right into it. Uh, you can even this idea really investigate something, go into it. This is not by any means uh, the only way we can attend, and it's in some cases it's actually not advised. Just like you may be able to read a book a little better if you hold it ten inches away from your face rather than one inch away. So similarly, if one's attention, if you hold, if you keep something a little bit at distance, you may get a sense of proper perspective in it. In other words, it keeps it cooler. You go closer to it, it gets more intense. You step back from it, keeping it still in, in mind, but, but at more distance, you get a little bit of a cooler effect. And that, that could be more supportive. Sometimes if you've got difficult issues in your 
shoulder you've got to get almost look at it from your belly as if you're down there and just keep way back because it's so inflamed areas of our energy body can really feel quite inflamed and raw so you don't want to go up close to those but step back keep it a distance and then the quality of intention is just something that is can be very soft like uh softly breathing through it or even stepping back from it and uh, inviting it forward Mm. like would you like to come would you like to say something or come forward this may sound curious but I'm just using words to imply that one's one's intention could be more profoundly receptive almost deliberately strongly receptive like I'd like to receive this more rather than I'd like to go into it I'd like it to come forward and so in a way you're, you're using your intention which has an energy to it not to to make something happen or to go into it or to direct it or to change it but just in a way to step back and make an invitation to be to be receptive to that this then also allows energy to shift and move uh, uh, when it becomes trapped or blocked So one needs discernment over the tools that we use. When is the time to draw close? When is the time to step back? When is the time to be quietly witnessing? When is the time to to um, smooth and settle? When is the time to just wait, let things settle down by themselves? And this is very much one's... Uh, uh, work of purification and the image of the goldsmith is a very useful one and the Buddha says this time when you just step back and watch with equanimity because that has an energy to it the unfortunate distinction that we make between material and immaterial means that in, in our language you know thoughts are immaterial and bodies are lumps of meat and so that we more or less miss out the fine material realm altogether as a, as a as a potent uh, and existing medium which acts as the connection between the material and the immaterial mm. So missing out on that means we often don't recognize that just the very intention to be patient has an energy, has a, has a subtle energy to it. And it has an effect. So the, the more clear and whole one's intentions are and purer one's intentions are, they actually have an effect on your body.
As you might notice, if you're experiencing the quality of goodwill or friendliness, there's an energy with that. The idea may be immaterial, the image may be immaterial, you know, a thought of a person, and then something with that thought, that recollection, that attitude, an energy arises. Is that correct? Yeah. When we feel resistant to something, isn't there something that hardens and tightens up and pushes against? Just, I don't like that. You know, the idea of sour fish or something, or particular people, you, something in you stiffens up and resists it. So just bearing in mind that the very qualities of intention and attention themselves add to the mix. And it's, you don't have to do anything more. Uh, once you enter this immaterial, this fine material realm, you don't have to re- use the mind to figure things out. Use your mind, your chitta, to extend intentionalities and attention into the fine material. May I be well. Uh, acceptance. Perseverance. Loving kindness. These are then not just ideas that we have in mind and then do something. The ideas themselves do something. <laughs> if you feel them as, as particular energies and potentials that you can then extend into your embodiment. And they have a calming and steadying effect. So in this way, um, and the result is with the process of, of purifying and calming and steadying, uh, the hindrances have very little room to feed as you've taken up all their food, uh, which is based upon the mind running out into sense objects, resistance, uh, sluggishness, restless agitation, speculative thought. These are all the imbalances. So when you come into balance, hindrances don't have anything to feed on. And this is the basis for uh, both the depth experience of samadhi and the clarity of ongoing wisdom cultivation. It allows you to, to reset what is important for you, what are the things to remember, and what you can refer to for ongoing guidance. So let's take some time for direct practice. If you like to, we'll have about an hour or so this evening. So if you like to stretch at all, then now is the time. And during this next hour, if you wanted to stay standing for some of it or all of it, um, then feel free to do so. We'll just use this collective experience to, uh, or to contribute. Because the collective energy has its own field and its own force too.